Yo, yo, this is Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Beautiful humans. We got Dan here. Hello, Dan. Hello. And we have Louis Capaldi in the studio. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a person. I am a person. Do you have to remind yourself that you're a person now that you're so famous? Sometimes I just look in the mirror and I say, who are you? I say, who is this looking in front of me? Um, you know, I'm a regular, regular, regular dude. Yeah, what can I say? You really are the most normal individual I've ever met. Oh, that's that that could be taken as a as a as a scathing thing of my personality. <laughs> yeah, well, that was father. He's normal. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you've had quite a rise mm. in the over the last couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. When I first saw you perform, it was at the Troubadour. It was the best show I have ever seen in that oh, venue. Thank you very much, man. Nice one. It was remarkable yeah. the silence that the room gives you. Yeah, good. And what the audience, I mean, they give you everything. They give you their entire yeah. undivided attention. Yeah. And don't forget the money. They pay for the tickets, <laughs> which is the most important thing. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. No, totally, man. It's, 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 it's amazing. Like, yeah, to get to do those shows and stuff has been, I mean, to play in the Troubadour for a start is incredible. And to be able to do it, yeah, like that and have people be so attentive. While you're while you're playing is 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 pretty pretty incredible. Yeah, dude. But you came to the Troubadour after doing a ton of stops with Sam Smith, playing yep. <clears throat> massive venues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your sound guy is incredible. The best nice sound one. quality I've ever heard at the Troubadour. Oh, lovely. I'll tell I'll tell Michael that. I'll tell him that, and he'll be he'll he'll be over the moon to hear that. I, Thank you. I was watching him work because it, there's like the two balconies mm-hmm. there, and you can kind of see into the soundboard area. Mm-hmm. I was watching him do his thing, and it was really magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But back to your rise. Do you? You are a normal guy, but like, have you lost any part of who you were before all of this? Um, yeah, man, I've become a, such a diva. Um, no, it's, it's <laughs> I. What I'm, what I quite enjoy about all this is, I find the more I get into it and the more kind of cool stuff we're doing, or the bigger it gets, I find that it's actually, I quite enjoy finding the you know the mundanity of it all, like how how. How unglamorous a lot of it actually is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, and I quite enjoy like that that side of it, like learning all about how, like, like traveling across across country, touring sounds like a very glamorous thing. Going on tour and playing these shows, and the shows are amazing and stuff like that. It's brilliant. But the majority of your time is is, is spent in a van that smells like sweaty men. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. like not it's not it's not it's, it's not very glamorous. And I quite but I quite enjoy that. I quite enjoy how um how normal it feels. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. It, like, it just, it just, yeah, it's nice to know that, oh, this isn't actually, like, this isn't, like, you flip a switch one day and everything's, like, glitz and glamour. I mean, maybe that's just, that's just because it's me who's doing it. Maybe it is quite glamorous if you're, like, Lady Gaga or something. But, um, yeah, for me, it's just, it's, it's quite, it's all quite, yeah, it just feels quite regular, which is nice. It kind of feels, it's, it, there's points where it does feel like, okay, this is a job, in the best way possible. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't feel like, I'm not like, oh, this is a job, really hard, but it's like, I just like the the, the normality of a lot of aspects of it. Yeah. Which people on, like, people who are fans who look at the industry or any industry, TV, movie, mm-hmm. music, whatever, they totally. only see the glamour. Yeah, 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 totally, 100%. But do you even like the glamour? Because it does happen, you had makeup in your room the other day yeah. as you were looking for a plunger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did, I'm wearing makeup right now, actually. Oh, you so are? Yeah, I couldn't even tell. Well, that's it. It's, it's natural. I don't really need to put much on because I'm obviously flawless. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's, I, I, the glamour's alright. It's quite cool. It's, it's nice once in a while. Yeah. Like, so like we went to 
there's a big awards ceremony in, in, in the UK called the Brit Awards and we went to that. Oh, and, never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was nominated for an award, did not win it, um, but not bitter at all. Uh, it's and, okay. <laughs> yeah. At least we're nominated. Yeah, that's not good enough. Um, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I did enjoy. I did enjoy the the that. It was good. Once in a while, it's fun. But I think if you are at those things every other week, like see when actors have like award season, that must be the most exhausting thing ever. Do you know what I mean? Because a long, I mean, there's there was there was a lot of alcohol at the Brits, so that was that was okay. But as far as I'm aware, you can't always drink at American award shows. <laughs> no. So that would be like. It would drag. It would drag in. I don't know how you would pass the time. Please invite me to them, though. I would like to come, but uh, I'm just saying. But like, yeah. So I, d- I think once in a while it's good. But it's like good to it's good to know that that's not like the real. That's not real. You know what I mean, it's this whole big big thing. It's not real. It, totally. Balance is key. Yeah. Okay. You write all your own records. I want to start. Bloom and Breach are connected. Mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. more than just bees. Bees, yeah, bees in there and five letter words. No, it breaches a six letter word, so I've embarrassed myself. Sorry. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, they were just, I kind of wanted to do that. I mean, really, it was all kind of accidental. The whole, like, the, the covers are very similar and stuff like that. But I just, I quite like continuity. I love, like, bands like the 1975 uh-huh. because all their, like, artwork is very, it's like, you can, t- it's you like can tell that it's one band yeah, doing yeah, it yeah, all. Yeah, totally. And I quite like, I quite like that. And there, uh, like all, all, like, it's more artwork thing than anything else, but they are, yeah. So they, I just like the kind of, as I say, the continuity and stuff like, and 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 stuff like that. So you release Bloom in 2017, Breach comes in 2018. Mm-hmm. Are all of these songs done at once, or was there time between mm-hmm. the EPs? Um, some of the songs for so like some of the songs on Breach were done when I was writing for what would be Bloom. Do you know what I mean? So it was yes. like, some of them are, but like, so for example, like the kind of, the, the, the main single off of, of Breach was written like four weeks before Breach came out. So it was like a, wow. wasn't supposed to be on the EP and all that. And, and that was like, that was like very, very, that was a very recent thing before the EP came out. And it was like, the, the label hated me because I was like, I want the song on the EP. It needs to be on the EP. What record did you fight for? Uh, Someone You Loved, it was called. <sighs> just because, yeah, just because, not that they didn't want, not that the label didn't want it on, but time-wise, for me to, to tell them, oh, I really want this song on the EP and the EP to be coming out in four weeks. But that's like, the biggest hit off the, the EP. Yeah, thank God it's on there. That's that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Thank, thank God. But, um, five weeks at number one in the UK. Five weeks at, yeah, five weeks at number one in the UK. It looks like it's going to be six. Wow. So, yeah, I don't I don't mean to flex on you, but I've done it. Um, uh, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, it's, it's pretty mad. So yeah, they, I kind of write them, you know, all kind of times. But uh, yeah, so like, what you'll be lucky sometimes we'll just get just before the EP comes out or something, you'll get a song that's like, okay, let's go with this. It generally. needs to go. Yeah, absolutely. But 100%. did did you know what story you were telling with Breach before someone you love was done? Um, I think so. I think I just knew. I mean, my songs are all quite. For those who don't know, if you don't like chubby guys singing sad songs, you're not going to enjoy my music. Like, so, like, so, I mean, if you, if you love it, then, oh my God, you're, you're going to love it. It's honestly. so for you. It's, it's, this is right up your street. Um, but no, uh, so yeah, I just, I kind of, I was still writing about that and I was still writing about, these songs were all about, all the songs are kind of about the same relationship that ended, married with me experiencing all this new stuff. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it was like, the, that's the kind of overarching thing for the EPs and into the album is that it's just, me having the best three years of my life, but also kind of looking back 
on a relationship that that had ended. So I was I kind of knew what I was saying and on breach with that because it was all about that that relationship and stuff. But um, yeah, it just it just so happened that someone you loved slotted in quite nicely to that. Does that add to the heartbreak? The fact that you have all of this life and all these accomplishments hitting you, mm-hmm. and there's nobody next to you to experience it all with. Thanks, mate. That's <laughs> this is like a, I should be lying down here. This is like a psychiatrist thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, no, yeah, totally. And that's what I think a lot of it is. And I think, as I say, the, the album and stuff like that is because it's like, yeah, this is it's, this is an amazing experience. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, it's weird to not be able to just. I mean, you get, you've got your friends and family, but I mean, like... But you had that person. Yeah, you have that person that... And what I've got a song called Bruises, actually, about that specifically. And it's like, um, like it's weird to just not have someone who's like a constant. And that's kind of where someone you loved comes from, because having someone who was a constant in your life and is now no longer there is, is a pretty big thing for me. It, it, was, and, and it was something I've experienced. And I think, um, yeah, I think that, that that's mad. It's weird that someone you sent... You know, if you were feeling down or you were feeling happy or whatever, if you just wanted to send them a funny video of a cat peeing on its owner on the internet, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You would you would do it. Mm-hmm. But then it's like the the very minute things like that even are no longer there. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a it's a bit of just a bit of an adjustment because she was there at the beginning of it all, and then I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna do this. I'll be able to like share it with her, sort of thing. And then she 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 left me. Mm. But you got all these songs out of it. Dead, yeah, mate. And we've, well, we've made some money. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but in that moment, it is a blessing and a curse. Yeah. I totally, man. It's like, it's, but it's like, it's kind of good, though. Kinda, I think it's nice to experience this. I, I can also see now, having done it all, the pros and cons that would have come with that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's definitely, obviously, it'd be nice to share it with someone, but as well, I'm never home. This would be a very, very stressful thing. And a selfish relationship. Yeah, yeah, totally. To put on someone else. Kind of didn't ask for it, so um, yeah, but it, it, it's, it's it kind of got us, yeah. Sometimes it's good to be lonely because you're not, <laughs> do you know what I mean? As <laughs> thingy, but uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely got two sides to it, yeah. Zach Sang Show, hey, I'm so sorry to do this. Quick ad a lot of people, by the way, come up to me and they're like, Zach, you look so uninterested when you do the ASU reads. I am interested, I'm very passionate about proper education, which ASU provides. I just gotta read all this stuff, so I'm not looking at camera and I get distracted. So... I'm going to tell you something. If you're considering going back to school, ask yourself the following questions. Do you need flexibility to take classes on your schedule? Do you have college credits you need transferred? Do you want to earn a quality degree from a world-renowned university? If you answered yes to any of those questions, Arizona State University could be the perfect school for you. Arizona State University offers over 150 highly ranked degree programs. 100% online, you'll earn that same degree as you would on campus from wherever you are. It's really flexible. You can do it all on your schedule. Plus, ASU Online accepts most transfer credits. For more information, text Zach to 35517. Put that right there. That is Zach to 35517. Learn for yourself why the Wall Street Journal ranks ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates and why 87% of ASU grads are recruited within 90 days of graduation. See? I am passionate about this. This is real stuff here, guys. It's a great option when it comes to education and schooling. Learn to grow, learn to succeed, and learn to thrive at Arizona State University. To learn more about ASU online degree programs, you can text Zach to 35517. That is Z-A-C-H to 35517.
1-7. Zach Sancho. So are you writing these records between Breach and Bloom while the heartbreak, like after the heartbreak immediately? Do mm. you sit and you process for yourself? Like how do you use music in the healing process? Uh, it's definitely the, the last part of it, I think. Yeah, I think, I think I can't write about how I'm feeling while I'm experiencing it because it's just you're too you're too in your own head and you're too kind of like clouded by it all do you know what I mean I get it because you're like yeah you're just you're, you're too in it yeah yeah and you, you don't really know what you're feeling because it's just it's very overwhelming so for me I always find that I write about things like six months after the fact or something like that do you know what I mean so yeah. right now I'm not writing songs about how I feel right now because I'm still experiencing it and processing it I'm writing songs about how I felt the stuff that happened to me like six months ago it's always quite retrospective sort of thing so do you set time aside to be reflective and to look back um i don't know i think it just it naturally kind of happens it's like it's like i kind of start thinking more about those things happen like do you know what i mean i'll, I'll have like i'll have kind of written everything i could write about that that period in my life and then six months will pass and i'll be like oh now i can start on let's look back at the last six months yeah yeah do you know what i mean it's yeah. like a constant thing that's always changing a bit and it's um it's good though, man, because I think the thing about my songs is they're not, none of my songs are like, I hate you because you did this to me. You are, a, you, I'm, a, I'm not a scorned lover in any of these, in any of these songs, do you know what I mean? All my songs are very much, I think, this didn't work out and it's a shame. And here's why I think it's a shame and why I would have liked it to work out. And, do you know what I mean? I think it's, it's, it's very, it's very much like, I, I don't want to write like nice guy songs when it's like, Oh, you should be with me and not with that guy because he's like, I'm like, he's on the football team and I'm like, you know, like, I play with swords in my room. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's like, it's, it's, do you know what I mean? I wanted to write like, like I, I like to write songs more like with the benefit of hindsight. So you're a bit, you can kind of look at a situation. It's a wider a bit more. picture. Yeah, yeah, totally. So you can totally look at, look at a situation a bit more and be like, okay. I think as well when you break up with someone, you automatically think, nope, their fault. It was all their fault. I didn't do anything. But no. Which is obviously never the case. I did a lot of things that were probably detrimental to that relationship. But and, processing it mm, and looking mm. back at it is the only reason you know that. Totally, yeah, 100%. And, that's, and I think that's it's a blessing, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I see where people... I, I, you hear people say, like, songwriting is, is like a form of therapy. I kind of get what they're saying, but if you need therapy, go to therapy. <laughs> 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 so at what point are you over this breakup is it once the songs are released is it once it's down on paper I think are you not over it I don't know I think no I think I was once I, when I'm writing them I'm over it do you know what I mean or, I can't, maybe not once I don't know I think when I'm writing them I'm probably not over it actually because I'm still writing about them otherwise I'd be thinking I think now I'm over it I think when, when the album was finished I was over it do you know what I mean yeah. Someone You Love was the last song we wrote before the album and you're talking about breach, right? Not no, uh, I'm talking about the divinely uninspired, uh, divinely uninspired to a hellish extent. Yeah, yeah, that, so simple. Yeah, the most ridiculous title of all time. <laughs> Have a shorter title, definitely. Um, but um, yeah, so I'm talking about that. But like, uh, so "Someone You Love" was the last song I wrote for that for this album. Like the newest song that's on the album is that song, and that's that "Someone You Loved" is not about a personal. It's not like uh, it's very broad that song, and it's very much like it's not about necessarily a relationship. I, I think before I wrote that song, I was over it, and I was like, okay, like I, 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 I wasn't looking for any more songs from my album, really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's why it was such a surprise when to the label and to me when I says I want this song to be on the record, but um, or to, to be on Breach, and um, yeah, so I was kind of over it, and I wanted to write something. I still had things to say about loss and losing people, like, but I didn't want it to be about 
that relationship because I'd kind of done it all. Like I'd been writing about it for two years. If you want to get over a relationship, write a songs about it every day for two years and you'll be, <laughs> it will just end up boring. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you'll, be, you'll be bored of it by then. You'll be like, oh, God's this sake, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. But um, um, so yeah, I think what's so, so that's why Some You Loved is as broad as it is because I was over it at that point and I wasn't like, I don't want to write about that anymore. But we- I, I do want to write about the feeling of losing someone, whether that's through family bereavement or like, you know, losing a, a relationship as well. And I want to keep it very broad. Because that's what I got, unexpected loss of any kind from yeah, the record. Totally, yeah, 100%. And, uh, and yeah, because it's like, I mean, during the process of the album, we obviously lost family members and stuff. And obviously lost my girlfriend, stopped, wasn't, became not as close with friends and stuff like Like life essentially <laughs> was happening. And I think, yeah, I just wanted to have a song that kind of could be applicable to all of those things without me putting it myself in the picture so much. Do you know what I mean? Like these other songs, I think you can tell are very much, okay, he experienced this and this and this. You can kind of get a picture of the relationship that I was in. A hundred percent. But with someone you loved, I think what's good about it is it's quite broad. General. Yeah, yeah, and I think it allows people to kind of put themselves in the, in the song a bit more with without... I mean, I think they've been, they've been able to do it with other stuff, but I think with this song more than ever, and maybe why this has become, you know, the biggest song I have, thank you very much for buying it, if you've bought it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I think that with this, I think that's why. I think people can just up- apply it to all their life situations about losing someone. You go. I was like, does it make you feel happy, uncomfortable? Like, what are your feelings when you know people are playing this song at, like, funerals and things? Um... I think, thank God I'm not dead. No, um, <laughs> no, no, um, I love it, man. It's, it's just, that's a very, like, a very, very intimate thing to be like, to be like, we're going to play this song at this funeral. It's like, it's like the biggest, this sounds weird, it's the biggest, like, compliment ever, like, to, 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 to be someone's, like, yeah. to be there for the end of someone's life is, like, soundtrack by my thingy. And to be, because obviously funerals are for the living. Funerals aren't for... The dead, essentially, mm-hmm. for like the eleven people that come and mourn. I think that they've chosen a song that I wrote about my experiences to, that, to kind of I don't know comfort them or to, you know, to be because they think it that's where their situation and stuff is is a very very it's just amazing. It's a very nice thing to to, 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 to hear. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's power. Totally, I'm t- definitely don't play it at a wedding because it will it will bring the mood down. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, Th- the album, right? Mm-hmm. What point do you stop writing? Do you remember, like, how long has it been done for? Uh, it's, oh God, it's been finished for, like, eight weeks. If that, No, it got handed in a month ago. So, But writing was done when I wrote Someone You Loved. That was in November, I think, or just before November. Got it. So, yeah, it was it was a full-on, it was a full-on thing. And I think no one ever tells you that writing an album, they always say, oh, it's, you know, it's an amazing experience. Not writing an album, but recording an album. It's an amazing experience, and... You know, I really found myself and I did this and you know, we're in this journey, this emotional journey. Writing an album is very stressful and very boring as well. Simultaneously, it almost is weird. What's the but most boring part? Singing the same line or the same song 40 times just to be told, do you know what, I think we're going to go to the first take because it's just got some sort of raw emotion to it. <laughs> Decide that earlier. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't do this to me. Why have I just... F- Ruined my throat singing this song. Ruined my throat and my mind by singing the same song over and over again. Do you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I think so. The writing process for me is very fun, and, and the arrangement process. But the actual process of being in a studio recording is not one that I enjoy, and it's never one that I've really enjoyed. But um, yeah, but it's been handed and done 
like four weeks. So. When I watch your show, your vocals are the exact same live as they are on the records. Oh, thank you very much, man. So yeah. my assumption while, while prepping was that you'd go into the studio and be like a one-take guy. Oh, you, no one, it's like, no one wants one take. They want to just get you to do as much as possible because they feel like they've covered all the bases. And it's just, it's, it's, it, I mean, I kind of I get it. Do you know what I mean? That's, what, that's probably why I hate it so much because I do understand the need for it. But it's like, I didn't get into music to be, you know, to be the guy, to, to sit in a studio for four hours. Do you know what I mean? I got, into, I got into music to play live, like you're saying, and that's why I think I put, I want the live show to sound as good as it, as it does, or, or I want to sing, I want it to, I want to sing well live, because that, that's, the, for me, is the most important part, and that's the part that got me into music, and that's the part that I gravitate towards when it comes to music, and um, yeah, the, stu- the studio is not, is not, it's not kind to me. Who's the first person who heard your voice and said, you could be a singer, you have something? I don't know about someone hearing it. I don't think there was ever a moment where someone was like, like the kids got it. I don't think it was ever like, um, <laughs> you're going to be a star. But I don't think it was anything like that. But it was like, it was like uh, I think it was maybe like, sorry. <laughs> uh, I think it was like, I, the first time I got off on stage and sang, I was four years old. I was, in, I was on holiday with my parents in France. And my, my, bro- my brothers and sisters were there too. I don't know why I left him out of the story. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, and, and there was like a tribute. There was like a cabaret band on. It was in a caravan park, trailer park, if you want to call it that. But like, not like, like a nice like a nice trailer park where people go and go on holiday. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I totally get Is it. Is that a thing here? RV. No, like it a, RV. RV sort park. of thing. But like yeah. a small, rubbish, really bad RV. And, um, yeah, it was like this cabaret thing. And uh, the band were like, if anyone wants to come up and sing any songs... Be our guest. We'll happily play with you or let you do the karaoke thing. And at the time, I was obsessed with this CD that I got on a newspaper of like it was Queen and it was uh, which is very trendy at the moment. I don't know if you say that, but like it was uh, <laughs> We Are the Champions and We Will Rock You. And it was uh, I was just obsessed with those two songs over and over and over again. I would listen to them and I went up on stage and asked if I could sing. Uh, I think it maybe We Are the Champions was the first one, and uh, I just got this bug for it so it wasn't ever like I like I got up on stage and was like that was fun I enjoyed doing that Like, and then I went back and sang We Will Rock You as well so I sang both of the songs so at I think, four years old yeah yeah oh, I, was, I was a bit of a bit of a what do you call those children that are show offs and little, uh, a ham a, maybe that yeah a, ham. <laughs> a little annoying ham um, <laughs> and uh, yeah I just I, I just I think from then I knew I knew I wanted to be in music and I wanted to get up on stage and sing in front of people again but yeah, my voice has definitely changed. Has changed so much from being four. So um, I would hope so. As as have other parts of my body. Um, <laughs> some for the be- some for better. Some one particularly that you think would change has stayed the same. Um, oh, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> you know I, what I mean. I feel your pain, <laughs> man. I feel your pain. So, but, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but so four years old, you sing your first song. At nine, you learn guitar. And are you singing between four and nine? Uh, yes, I'm just I'm constantly singing. Like around the house? Yep, around the house. I'm, I think that's what I think. My mum and dad knew it. I kind of had this thing for it. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I liked it. So they were just like, okay, let them do it. And then I said, I want to come play guitar. But I only wanted to play guitar because I wanted to play live. And I thought, right, if I'm going to play live, I have to play guitar. And that was nine. And then when I started writing songs, I would have been like 10, 11. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to play live, you have to write your own songs. That's what people do. That's what, like, Queen did and, like, my favourite singers and stuff. And, yeah, so it was all just kind of, like, everything I did was just to facilitate getting on stage. Do you know what I mean? And playing in front of people. 
see, you saw a blueprint mm. that was pretty unique. Mm. And I think there's some people who maybe saw a different blueprint mm. who are musicians today, right? You mm. thought the only way you could perform is to write your own music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Is, is to tell your own story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish, I, see if I'd known that there was songwriters, I would have had a lot of an easier ride. But um, <laughs> maybe I probably would have just been like, yes, man, I'll just sing. But uh, no, uh, it's, yeah, I thought that, I just thought that's what, how you did it. I thought that was what, what you did. But the thing is, my family were all into rock music and like, my brother was like into like Slipknot and bands like that. So it's like, it was all very much in that world yeah. as like people, it's like the band writing songs. Live stuff. instruments, writing their own music. Yeah, totally, exactly. And but by the way, if you don't, when you write your music or not, I don't care. I think it's like, do what do you, do you know what I mean? Do whatever you want, it's fine. But um, like I don't frown upon people who don't, do you know what I mean? Do I'm you like, think you'd be a star if you didn't write your own music? Um, I think because of the music I make, the, the very the songs are very much about personal experiences and I think that's why people gravitate towards them a bit more so I don't know if I had to done, had to have done it do you know what I mean plus I don't think because I was writing my own music I kind of was writing for my voice do you know what yeah. I mean and I think that's the thing people who are like singers who don't sing their own songs or, or who are, have songs written for or, or have the sing written songs that people wrote um, are always like incredible singers because that's the thing they focused on like the most and you have to be an incredible singer to sing a song that wasn't because you might get a song that wasn't written for you do you know what I mean so it might be like this crazy like anytime I go to cover a song I recently sang that When the Party's Over by Billie Eilish for something right and it was so hard to sing and it's like if a song's not written for you it's like it can be very hard to sing what is hard about it is it matching your vocals or is it embodying the story a bit of both, I think, maybe. But I think, yeah, the vocal thing is, for me, like, is mad. Because, like, the, these songs will be written. The range is all weird and different. It's not yeah. It's not like no one's ever went, right, Lewis, this is his range from here. I don't know what it is, but, like, it's from here to here. And um, it's probably massive. But, um, no, <laughs> <laughs> unlike other things in my body. Yeah, I yeah. feel you, man. <laughs> yeah, but, um, uh, but uh, yeah, that, like, so I think it's more that for me, but... Because I think when, like, that song's so amazingly written, and obviously Billy Eilish and, and, and our brother Phineas wrote it, and it's like, um, that's like, I mean, that's that's different, because it's like, when the song is that good, you, you do, you, it's like you do, you get the story, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's less of that, that's not as much of a problem for me, I don't think. It's really matching your range yeah, in the just, tone. Yeah, just the actual singing. I mean, she's her voice is incredible. But because it's like, the song is so, that song's so, like, quiet and very like nicely sung you think oh this will be this will be easy to sing and it's not it's very hard do you consider your voice your genre um a bit yeah i think the songs and the songs and the the songs and the voice are the main thing that's why my first single was just piano and vocal and i think i just wanted people to hear the voice and the song like as you, as you say so yeah i think so i mean it's still it's sad pop music if you're in, I, I always say to people when they ask what kind of music I make, I say, do you like Adele? And they say, yes. And I say, right, imagine Adele, but she's a guy and she's not as talented. <laughs> That's you. That's me. I've got it sewn up. I'm not going to lie. If I go like this really quickly, I kind of I kind of see Adele. The see? There you are. Bang on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the, the new male... How many male Adeles have there been, by the way, over the last... Too many. Uh, the male Adele. No, you're not. Um, uh, but yeah, the new male... Not as talented Adele. That's me. That's that's my brand. You put that on a business card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At least you're in the same sentence as Adele. 
That's true. That's yeah. very, very true. I mean, anybody can put, be in the same sentence as Dale, so it's not as good. <laughs> Divinely uninspired to a hellish extent. What actually inspires this album? Is it one story, or is each record its own kind um, of thing? It's kind of uh, kind of turned into this accidental breakup album. I didn't mean I didn't mean to write about <clears throat> just the, just that breakup, but it kind of did turn into it. Do you is, know what I mean? And it's like it's that it's that breakup, and again, me experiencing. All this stuff afterwards, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's kind of all in that, and like my own insecurities with that and stuff like that. Yeah. Then how does the the title come to be? So, sorry, I keep belching. I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if you can see going. that, but it's a good thing you're not sitting here because it smells disgusting. Over Very there. expensive burbs coming out of that <laughs> mouth, though. I'm just gonna but, um, say that. Can I sit forward? Is that weird? Does you that can mess sit wherever up the you want. Oh, sorry. Sit backwards if you sorry. want. Give a I just, shit. I'm, I'm quite conscious. I'm wearing quite these trousers. Don't. I'm not very flattering on the. Uh, <laughs> On the what? Just on the. Uh, I'll just. Put yeah, that yeah. Um, <laughs> that's fair. Um, yeah. Um, I think. Uh, yeah. Um, I, uh, what were we talking about before? How did this title come to be? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, what it was, I looked down. No. <laughs> um, no. I. Uh, I. Uh, so I was getting uh, during the process of making the album. I was getting a bit too caught up in the, in the whole. What's this, what's the what the whole. The industry side of music and just about, I was getting a bit too bogged down. I was looking at numbers and figures quite a lot. And Do you know what I mean? In terms of like social media and a scary uh, thing to get lost. Oh in. yeah, totally. And like ticket sales and oh. streams and downloads and all that stuff. Things you never cared about before. Yeah, I don't. And I, I don't really care about it. But it was like I saw that as like, oh, if they're not doing this, the numbers and figures, um, I might, I might, you know, get get dropped by the. But, um, <laughs> Never but, no, no, well, we'll see. Um, but um, yeah, and it was like this thing where I was just, I was just getting bogged down and all, and I was a bit like, okay, this is like, it was just I, I was taking it a bit too seriously. And beforehand, I hadn't taken it seriously. I, I think you can probably tell I don't take things too seriously. But um, and I think at that point I was getting a bit like kind of midway through me writing the album, a three quarters maybe I was getting a bit too bogged down on it. Like one day. Everything's great. Everything's amazing. You're sitting, the, the shows are doing great. This is it. Then literally the next day, it's like, well, the tickets in this cunt, this bar aren't doing very well, and you know. So it was just that part of it that I was getting a bit, you know, up and down with, and it's just like anything. A lot of people can do that, regardless of with with whatever. So, and then I wrote a song which had the line, "Broken by desire to be heavenly sent, divinely uninspired to a hellish extent," um, which was basically me saying. I saw a song called Figure It Out that actually is not on the album, uh, but I wanted it to be, but time-wise, it just didn't line up, which was good because, well, I mean, we named the album after that song, and <laughs> then we found out this song isn't going to be on the album. I was like, great news. Um, now you have a great follow-up single. <laughs> yeah, totally. Set the teaser. Ready to go, do you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I do want to finish it, but um, it was like, it was, yeah, so I was just kind of bogged down. I wrote this song. I wrote a song with two guys. One's called Mika Premita and one's called Joel Little. And Mika's written for Selena Gomez and all these other amazing, amazing artists. And, and Joe Little worked on, like, Lord and produced the first Lord album and co-wrote a lot of the first Lord songs. And Is that pressure? I, it was, yeah, in the room. But what I found was quite nice was I was explaining to them my, my you know, my plight, if, if you will, of, like, this up-and-down nature of how I was feeling about music. And they, these are two guys who... They get I, it. Yeah, they, they t- totally understood. And Joel has probably reached... Has done everything you could probably want to do in music. Do you know what I mean? That Lord album was, was the Royals was like the biggest song on the planet. Do you know what I mean? 
So he's there and Mika's this up and coming songwriter that's just that's like just kind of getting to this point where it's like okay things are really starting to happen I'm, I'm kind of like just starting out and it was like it, it was just nice that we all kind of shared that same feeling of it all and it was nice and I wasn't alone in that assumption or alone in that um, alone in that uh, that uh, you know that, that the, the mindset you're experiencing the yeah, same stuff totally yeah 100% and yeah uh, it was like, yeah, I just wrote it and then I, I, writing that song kind of made me be like, oh, this is supposed to be fun. Do you know what I mean? So, and I just, again, went straight back to not taking things too seriously and all this stuff. And it was just nice. It was, just, it was a very liberating feeling. And I think what I kind of found out was in the pursuit of doing something good anytime, whether that's in, maybe you want to lose weight or you want a relationship to work out or anything, there's going to be like 70% of that time. There's another one. Um, you, you, uh, you, are going to feel like you're failing or you're not doing well at it or you know it's not going to work out and I think what's amazing about finishing or reach, achieving the goal or, or reaching or making the relationship work or in this case finishing the album uh, that um is that you get to the you get to the end and you go oh I'm so glad I went through all that and didn't stop do you know what I mean yeah. and um yeah so I thought it kind of just really embodied what I was trying to say and it kind of I thought it was a bit I, thought, I mean I thought it was funny as well, that it would be a title so long, and I thought it'd be funny to watch the record label try and market something with <laughs> such a ridiculous title. And so far, they're doing a great job. So it's kind of backfired. I'm about to try to sabotage my own album, but uh, um, no, I think uh, yeah, it's just been. It's, but it's. It, I just wanted something as well that no one was going to, no other singer is going to have that title. No and if, way. <laughs> and if they do, I will sue them. Uh, personally, so, be ready. Um, <laughs> when people meet you, are they more interested in talking about your music or your Instagram? Um, it's, it's kind of like 50-50 at this point yeah for sure that's the thing as well Like, I get people come up to me in the street and being like oh, I love your Instagram man. and you're like I'm a singer too <laughs> do you like stories. the song or you get people like oh I don't really I love the Instagram the music's not my thing and you're like cool man like just just say the first <laughs> thing don't say the second thing do you know what I mean stop that sentence halfway and uh yeah, so it's a bit of both, but I like. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it either, either or. It's yeah. just foreshadowing your social media influencer career. Yeah, well, that's it. Once this all goes south, yeah, that's it. And I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm. If anyone's watching, who's in the know or listening, um, I am so, so up for teeth whitening products. You know, <laughs> fit tea. Fit tea. Yeah. You know, what are those other things uh, that they market to little girls? Casper to, mattress? Yeah, to make them feel bad about themselves, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, makeups? Uh, makeups and, you know, like, basically, like, the the tummy teas or the coffee that's, like, it's, like, you drink and it's actually, like, a laxative. And they say, like, well, this will give you a flat tummy. Yeah, because you've evacuated your bowels so much that you're now half the person you once were. Don't buy those things, please. Stop, stop buying things that make your... Make your bottom end fl- flow like the rivers of Babylon. Do you know what I mean? It's just, 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 it's fine. But teeth whitening products and all that stuff You're hit right. me up. Wow, this is exciting. Yeah, uh-huh. that's it. I'm trying to build an empire here. We're looking at the start of something special. I want to be the next Kylie Jenner. Oh, do it. Mm. Divinely Uninspired to a hellish extent. That is out May 17th. That mm. is the album. Um, dude, really. I say this with all seriousness. I think you're one of the greatest storytellers of our generation. Oh, thank you very much. And I'm really pumped to be able to enjoy your music and hear the stories you're, you're telling. It, oh. It's spectacular stuff. Thank you so much, man. And this was Niall Horan, my best friend, was um, was <laughs> my best friend ever, even if he says otherwise. Um, it was was right. This is an absolute amazing interview, and this was brilliant. Yeah, very in depth. Do you have any, do you have any good Nile stories so oh, yeah. we can uh, put them in the title? Um, he loves, just loves me. That's all he loves. <laughs> 
That's all he loves. He just loves me. Niall Horan loves me. Lewis Capaldi. I'm his favourite singer. <laughs> so I've been, I like to believe. A lot of people think it's the Eagles. They're wrong. It's me. He actually said, what he actually said was, for my next album, I would like to, you know, I would like to, you know, have you write it or whatever. Or, you know, I would like to, you know, I basically want to be, you know, you're such an inspiration. That's basically what he said. He basically said, I'm his biggest, I'm his biggest inspiration. And he has, what's weird is, well, you go into his house, and it's just, I said, Niall, please don't put it up. I said, please don't put it up. And there was there's this massive poster, like wall to wall, of me on on the wall. And I says, Niall, stop. And he's like, mate, it's just, I need to, it's like such an inspiration to see, to see you every morning when I wake up. And I says, okay. Some people think it's weird, but I just think it's friendship. It's so weird. <laughs> It's so weird. I saw that same thing, but I thought it was a, a painting of Adele. Yeah, that's it the whole time. I had you no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, real quick, real quick. Yeah. Grace, one of my favorite records of yours. What is the connection to a strip club? Uh, there is none whatsoever. <laughs> that was about the same time I realized I didn't want to take things seriously anymore. Either. Like, so you got up on stage and strip. The music's very serious. Look, I get it. It's emotional, cool, whatever. I don't. The rest of it doesn't have to be. The rest of it can be a joke for me anyway. I like me having fun. And I think, what could be more fun than stripping with a bunch of topless guys <laughs> in front of some strangers? And it was lovely. I enjoyed it. Louis Capaldi, I appreciate you deeply. Thank you very much. I appreciate all everyone in this room. I love you now. You can burp on all of us whenever you want. Sorry, I'm sorry for belching so much. No, yeah. no, it's... Lewis stops by the Zach Sang show and belches. That's it. <laughs> belches completely. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go vomit. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Louis Capaldi, everybody. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast.